Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world, where it's naturally supernatural. By the end of the first century, the church fathers bought enough satanic arsenic against the Jewish people that even to this day results in the robbing of you of God's full blessings and puts many Christians under a curse. Today, this changes. Next. Sid Roth has spent over 40 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Welcome. The Holy Spirit of the living God is here, and he is going to display his visible glory. My guest, Rabbi Felix Halpern, was born Jewish, but was raised to believe Christians now had all the blessings God had promised to the Jewish people. Rabbi Felix thought actually he was no longer Jewish, but then he had two supernatural encounters in 1998. Felix, tell me about them. My father was raised in an Orthodox Jewish home in Germany. My grandfather was an Orthodox uh, rabbi. My whole paternal line was killed in the Holocaust. And uh, shortly after what, we, what they call Kristallnacht, which means the Night of Crystal, which was the official beginning of the Holocaust, uh, my father made it out through the, what they call the kinder care, uh, a number of European nations that allowed children to be smuggled out of Germany and into Holland, into England, and different parts of Europe. My father made it into the Dutch underground, happened to be the home of my maternal grandparents who were underground resistance fighters fighting the Nazis and saving Jewish people, and they were hiding Jewish people in their home. Uh, but they were of Christian Reformed denomination, Dutch Reformed. I was born in Holland. And that was, at that time, Nazi-occupied Holland, before and after, was a stronghold of replacement theology. Immediately, my father received the Lord, and he was immediately enculturated into that and said, you're no longer Jewish, you're now a Gentile, you're a Christian, and you now must stop practicing being Jewish. You don't see yourself as Jewish. I'm now a Christian. He, we came, we emigrated to the United States. He raised us with no Judaism whatsoever because he didn't want anyone to know that of his background. He didn't want us to know until, until a sequence of events began. But I'm, four, I'm, I'm 71, so for 20 years of my life, I lived as a Gentile or more. At 45 years old, I had already been working in the diamond and gold business on 47th Street with Orthodox Jews for two, over two decades. And at 45 years old, I had an encounter with God. I broke. I broke right there on 47th Street. And I wept. And the Lord, because what happened is all the people that I have been associating with, all the Orthodox Jewish people, I saw them differently that day. I, it's not that I didn't witness. I always had a burden for souls, but it was different. Like Moshe had that awakening and saw his people differently. I saw the Jewish people differently that day. And that was the beginning 
of a sequence of other events that would bring me back to where I am today. My life is a miracle knowing that I believed in dispensationalism, that it's, it's not God's time to witness to Jews. It's the Gentile time. I uh, believed in replacement. The church replaced Israel. The Gentile Christian replaced the Jew. The, the church is the new spiritual Israel. The Gentile Christian is the new spiritual Jew. Therefore, there are no more Jews, no more Israel in God's plan. And I believed also in allegorical interpretation, which was imparted to me. I went away to a Christian Reformed Bible college where it was enculturated even deeper, which means you can't study the scriptures and interpret it literally, right? And so I was, I, my whole life had this contagion in it. There came a time that followed that where the Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. in the morning, jolted me out of my sleep. I remember it sit as clear as it happening right near the audible voice in my left ear, Bonnie is sleeping on the right, 3 a.m. You're going back to your people. Oh, I'm calling you back to your people. The, the voice had a quality I always relate, like when I died three years ago, went to heaven, I listened to the voice of the saints. They had a declarative voice about them. God's voice was declarative, deep and resonating. Uh, I asked Bonnie, I woke her up, I asked her, uh, what did you just say? And she said, I didn't say anything. I explained to her what happened. I get up, I go downstairs in the morning, I'm, I stayed up the whole night, and I remember it as clearly, I don't take the Lord's name in vain, uh, but I, I said, um, oh my God, Lord, what are you doing here? What, how is this possible that you want me to go back to my people knowing that I was reared in replacement theology. Here, intellectually, I knew it was wrong. I saw the enemy at the gates, and I saw the contagion and the heretical teaching that it was. But I also knew enough at that point that I needed a complete transformational heart surgery, a complete overhaul. You know, you know what's so amazing to me is this seed of anti-Jewish, anti-Semitism was with our early church fathers. Yes. How did something 100% Jewish become anti-Jewish? Anti-Jewish bias started early on. Um, a Roman um, politician, Cicero, in the first century is recorded as saying, we tolerate the Jews. I'm paraphrasing. People can look that up. We tolerate the Jews but their life is an offense to the, to the glory of the empire. They never fit in. There was always an angst. There was always um, a, a bias against Jewish people. And 70 A.D. was a turning point in many ways. 70 A.D. was a destruction of the temple. The city was razed uh, to the ground. And the early church fathers viewed that because the temple was destroyed, um, it was God's sign, prophetic sign, that he is no longer, um, they are no longer his covenant people. The best kept secret for walking under God's favor and God's blessings for the end time Gentile Christian, unfortunately, it's still a mystery to most. Be right back.
This is Rabbi Felix Halpern. Since October 7th, Bonnie and I have had little sleep. Like most Jews, feeling isolated, helpless. Wish we could be in the land to help. Our children, fearful, taking the stars off their neck, not wanting anyone to know that they're Jewish. Since October 7th, I have listened for objections rising up from churches. Objections born out of righteous indignation and conviction, but I've heard none. Since October 7th, I have watched for action, and I have seen none. Many have made a grave error and remain silent, refuse to act. Silence is complicity. Make no mistake about it. Inaction is complicity. Doing nothing is complicity. But doing nothing only deepens the great divide that has occurred right now. This will test your moral fiber. This will test your spirit. This will test your conviction of what that land stands for. Capture the heart of the Jew who you claim that you love. If you believe that it is to the Jew first, demonstrate that now. Are you ready for what's coming? Do you understand the war that is taking place? Do you understand the strategic place one needs to take in the hour that we are in? This is a call to action, a call to a David generation. They know how to have the strength and the fortitude driven by deep conviction. As David was, he knew that the glory of God was at stake when the nation of Israel stood and faced the giant Goliath. Israel will be the place of God's glory. Israel will be the resident place of the throne of God. This touches the entire world. And dare we not be silent? What side of history will you be on? Where will you stand? What are you going to do? It is time to rise up, cry out for the salvation of the Jewish people. Do not let this darkness take over. Let the glory be released. We now return to It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here with Rabbi Felix Halpern. And one of my favorite cities is New York City. And there's a street that anyone's been to New York that knows, 47th Street, a miracle on 47th Street. Tell us about it, Rabbi. Surely. It's great to be with every one of you. As Sid had mentioned, 47th Street, I spent a good part of my life. Uh, I worked in the diamond and gold business on 47th Street. I loved what I did, had a great career. Financially, was doing um, extremely well, according to the worldly standards. And um, one day, I had an encounter with the Lord, and I broke. And he said, I'm bringing you back to your people again. He said, I want you to resign your position as vice president. I want you to liquidate your savings. I want you to liquidate your retirement. And I want you down to zero because I need to teach you faith as Moshe lived by faith. So I went home that night, obviously. And my, before I began to say anything, uh, my wife, Bonnie, um, she said, before you say anything, I have to share something 
that happened today. Now, Bonnie had a beautiful dining room set. It's what she wanted. Beautiful wood, everything, and she kept it perfect. And that day, she was polishing it, cleaning it. The Lord interrupted her and said, why are you doing this? You were not called to be polishing furniture. You're to be polishing the shields of the saints and be used in my kingdom. And I want you to serve me. Are you ready? Um, we had a, a congregation that started shortly after that, a messianic congregation that was very steeped in revival. And the Lord miraculously brought us through. People came, a person came and paid off my daughter's college. I never bought a car in my life. I want you to know that. I've never purchased a car in my life. When I worked for companies, they gave cars, and somehow someone always gave us a car. We, we had a president of coach in our congregation. We needed a new vehicle. He took us out for dinner. He said, I need to buy you a car. I'll go buy a car. That, that morning, after the morning that followed, the voice of God, I began to pray to the Lord for him to give back my Jewish eyes. I said, Lord, I need my Jewish eyes back. I want the eyes of my grandfather back. I get a little emotional about that. I'm going to go in and out of things. It's all, I, I'm glad that's all, it will stay that way. I never want that to leave. And uh, three and a half months following that, I go down into the kitchen, I open up the Word of God, and the light, and it was emboldened with a light. And I said, oh my God, I could see. And literally, I saw the scripture from Bereshit to Genesis to Revelation. I saw God's plan because replacement theology rips holes in the Bible. Why are the Jewish people chosen? The typical question, do they love, does God love them more? No. But they're called for a purpose. They were selected for a purpose. If you would look at you and I as both Jew and Gentile, we are two siblings in the same family. We are one because we have one father, Abba Father. But we are different. I have two daughters. I love them both the same. But they're two different, very different. One has a separate calling than the other, very distinct. It's the distinction of the architecture of the body that God woven into our lives. But the point is, it's not a matter of Gentiles becoming Jews and Jews becoming Gentiles. There's a dignity and a calling and a beauty and a, and, a, and a specific purpose that God has for each and every one of us. But why is it that no one talks about the Messianic kingdom, the one new man, the revival of the fullness that's coming to the church that's dependent upon the Jewish people, but no one talks about it? Isaiah 25, 7 says, on this mountain, speaking of the kingdom, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds the peoples and the sheet that covers all the nations. In other words, there's a shroud over the nations, and there's also a partial blinding on the Jews. We're both all going to see fully and know fully as we have been fully known and things will be revealed. The millennial kingdom is the time that Israel and the Jewish people come into the fullness of their calling, 
That's why we're introducing a book, Thy Kingdom Come, The Final Glory and the Cities. I implore you to get that. I implore you to get two, not just to sell it. Sow seed, get the word out, because I am here also, because there is a resurgence of anti-Semitism. Believe it or not, there are places, uh, even in charismatic environments, that are going back to Reformed theology. They're going back to Calvinism. There's this sense, this, this whiplash extreme to bring stability, but along with that troubling trend comes replacement, comes increased anti-Semitism, so forth. Isaiah 9, 6, famous Christmas passage. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and what's on his shoulders? A government. And he's called to be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and his government, and he will rule. You see, the last office of Yeshua is to reign on earth as king. Now, he is king in every one of our lives. If you know Yeshua here, and you've given your life to him, he's your king. He reigns. When I asked him into my life, I said, Lord, would you be my master, my king, my savior? Would you rule my life? Right? So he reigns as king in our life, but he has not ruled as king on the earth. The purpose of God's final plan is that the entire earth would come and worship his son, king of kings, and give him glory and honor. But here's what the Bible says. The millennial reign cannot occur without the Jewish people. Get the book. The second coming cannot occur without all Israel recognizing him whom they have pierced. The one who enters the Messianic kingdom depends on how they treated the Jewish people during the tribulation, or called Jacob's trouble. Because I want you to know that according to Scripture, the tribulation period will be what Hitler did, but the, the Antichrist will do on a global scale. And Jews will be public enemy number one, and Christians will be public enemy number two, because those who help the Jews will be hunted down as well. And the final end will be by the Jewish people. It's in Scripture. What is the purpose of the one new man? How many have heard it? How many have a passion for it? How many have come under the influence of the restoration of the Hebraic root, and all of a sudden you're feeling this new appreciation for the Hebraic life? It could be the Feast of the Lord. It could be for Shabbat. You have a desire to go to Israel. You're discovering the Jewish foundation of Christianity, because Judaism was the parent of Christianity. And Jesus was Jewish. But the key to the one new man is stated in Ephesians 3, verse 10. The secret or mystery has been hidden from the ages, all that, that Yeshua created, that it might be made known to principalities and authorities in heavenly places. Let me read it from another translation. 
the fellowship of the mystery that has been hidden from ages past with Paul says that no one had this revelation for generations. People need to start reading the Bible. You got to stop listening to all the stuff. If you're going to adapt to the times we're living, you need to shut the ear gate and start being selective as to what's coming in. And you need to spend time in God's Word to be wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you now. I'm praying for a fullness to come to everyone here. Can you with every eye closed for a moment, I know you're here for a reason. This is a Kairos moment. I saw basically like an arrowhead going into your heart and cutting open all that stuff that you were exposed to in your life having to do with the Jewish people. I want you to simply, out of the boldness and desperation, Say, Rabbi, lift your hand, Rabbi, I need to be released from anti-Semitism. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Yeshua, I come against the spirit of anti-Semitism, and I command it to be released from every person. That person raising the hand, that woman with your hand raised, that other woman with your hand raised. I pray, Father, in the name of Yeshua, that you would establish an awakening that you have called to understand through the union of Jew and Gentile, that they would have a burden for your people, that they would see your people, and would you give them a love for the Jewish people? Maybe they will wake up at night and cry and wail in intercession and pray for your people and pray for Israel. Father, I pray right now for everyone here that the seeds that have been sown today in the name of Yeshua would be enter into the fertile heart and that they would take root and they will begin to effectuate your spirit and effectuate your soul and that you would begin to have a kingdom understanding for God's plan for this hour because it is essential in this hour in everything that we speak about. So I speak liberty. I command liberty in the name of Yeshua and declare, the, where the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. And there is freedom. Yavarecha Adonai ve'ishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai penavalecha v'ichonecha. May he bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and grant you shalom. I've shared my testimony how I've come to faith and the miracle and the radical transformation that is for every single person that gives their life to Jesus. And if you're Jewish, Yeshua HaMashiach, your long-awaited Messiah, you're about to come home. Would you take a moment and be courageous enough, wherever you are, wherever you are, to pray this prayer. 
And if you can put your hand upon your heart, or you don't even have to do that. But I want you to pray, Abba, in the name of Yeshua, your son, my Messiah, I ask that you would come into my life. I ask that you would send him into my life to save me, to wash me of all sin, to make me a child of God, and to fill me with your presence, that I would be completed and fulfilled and walk in the fullness of the life that you have called me to, for that is why you sent your son, that you sent him not to condemn humanity, but to save humanity. And as prophesied, you sent him 2,000 years ago. Simply say, Jesus, Yeshua, come into my life and save me. Amen. My grandparents who were underground resistance fighters fighting the Nazis, all of my paternal line except my father was killed in the Holocaust. You've likely heard my story of going to heaven after a medical error. That has certainly transformed my life on a level that changed me forever. Now I'm here to talk about anti-Semitism. And this is why I was sent back. Replacement theology is making a resurgence. Many people are going back to anti-Semitism. To give you a perspective of the family that I was in, the exposure that I had to anti-Semitism, my mother, who was a young girl, had the assignment of going from Nazi checkpoints looking for more Dutch homes to hide Jewish people. My father made it out of Germany through what they called the kinder care, secretly moving children through Europe, and he made it into the Dutch underground. Being in the Dutch underground and experiencing the uh, sacrifices of the Dutch Christians, uh, he was moved to the point of receiving his Messiah, because he realized the sacrifices that they were making. One instance was a Jewish couple, and my grandparents took them into the countryside and had them executed because they found out that the Nazis, they were getting information from this couple. People would have been killed, Jewish people would have been killed. Um, so they had to be executed for a greater cause. Sadly, there was an atmosphere of anti-Semitism in Holland. In fact, Jews were called the other. I saw that demonstrated in my own family of, and to recognize where my life has it today. But to come out of that, it seems the same sins committed by so many churches and the Christian community around the world in the first Holocaust has come back to haunt them. And now here in this modern era on October 7th, a second attempted Holocaust. I believe that we are postured before a miracle. We must stand in the gap. We must turn this in the favor of God and in favor of the people of Zion. Let my people go. Let my children go. I say in the name of Yeshua, we speak freedom. For he himself is our peace, who has made both Jew and Gentile into one, and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. His purpose was to create in himself, to create in himself. His purpose was to create 
One new man. One new man. One new man. Один новый человек. The Adam Hadash Echad. One new man. Many viewers report testimonies of miracles, signs and wonders as a result of watching It's Supernatural. Share your testimony at SidRoth.org forward slash praise. Your gifts to this ministry will help Sid air It's Supernatural in Israel 28 times a week and distribute his evangelistic book to the Jewish people worldwide. 